Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. I'm not saying that's right. That's what everybody thinks I'm going to say right now, but I'm going to mix it up. Mix it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Oakley (laughs) doakley. I always think for like a half an hour on the drive here, like, what clever thing am I going to say in the intro? Always forget. Always forget every single time. I love your, like, oh, hey. Like, I feel like it's such a wonderful, it's like a Mr. Rogers-esque. Like, uh, that does not describe you. No, not at all. I was going to say, which is the antithesis of what you bring to the show, but nevertheless. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tonight we are here to talk about a movie that I I feel is bigger in, your, in our brains than it is in real life. And that is Reanimator. And Beyond. Beyond Reanimator. I think we skipped the Reanimator movie. We too. did. We skipped the Bride of Reanimator. Yeah, Shut that, up. I'm sure that's way more offensive than both of these combined. Just the basis of it is let's chop up a bunch of ladies and make the ultimate lady. Oh, I would have hated that even more. Yeah, I, that's. <laughs> anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We here. are getting ahead of <laughs> ourselves. Let's start with Reanimator, 1985. This is directed by Stuart Gordon, who I thought was bigger than he is. Like. I expected to Google Stuart Gordon and be like, holy crap, I, he's done so much. He really hasn't. He really only did the dentist movies. Which oh, I was God. Really? So scared of as a kid. And because they were always on HBO. Yeah. And Honey blew up the kids. That's all. Oh, really? Yeah. Those are the only two things that I even recognized on his list. Man, the dentist was scary, wasn't that was it? That so creepy. Yeah. Because I was already scared of the dentist as yeah. a kid. So you make a movie where the dentist is trying to hurt mm-hmm. you? Mm-mm. 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 And I think what the films are most uh, recognized for is Jeffrey Combs, who also, I wasn't, like, I was surprised that he didn't do much else either. He's a huge voice actor. Yes. He does a lot of, like, voice work for, like, cartoons and such and whatnot, and video games. Mm-hmm. But really, playing Herbert West is probably his biggest role. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hmm. Mm. That's Star Trek role. But it's a, it's a, like, it's not, like, Next Generation or anything. But yeah, he's very he's very makeup and Star Trek in. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's just dive right in, Jackie. You want to synopsize for us? Herbert West is a med student that has studied like the brain and has studied death and has basically figured out how to conquer death. To him, death is another illness that science can overcome. So he invents a green goo that will bring. <laughs> The dead back to life, but yeah. there's some unexpected uh, results from the life that is brought forth. Yeah, no, that's that was well done. Yes, hey, I like it. it. Um, it, this had the feel to me of like a splatter film too, like the just over the top, you know, trying to sprinkle in humor but being so extreme with the gore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think this was a video nasty, but I definitely think it could have been the very tail end of that movement. 
Yeah, I think that the video nasty stuff stopped in the early 80s, mm-hmm. so this probably didn't get caught with that stuff, right? But it definitely had that same, like, about, tone. So. No, you're right. You're to- oh, I thought you were like, yeah, no. No, you're no, no, right. I'm just... The late pulling, 80s was the... the right out of my butt. Nice. You made that work. Thank yeah. you. Um, no, the late 80s was the tail end of that kind of movement, and but I also think it was um, a time when that dark humor and intense over-the-top gore for the sake of intense over-the-top gore was in vogue. Mm-hmm. So I think that it was very much perfect for its time. Um, so right out the gate, they waste no time with the practical special effects and the gross-out gore. Um, and the opening music, and the music that played through a lot of the movie, yep. that's Psycho, right? Um, it's, or, not, no. it's, it's not exactly Psycho, but basically Richard sorry. Band did the soundtrack mm-hmm. for this. And he basically said, oh, it's inspired by Psycho, but he just took the Psycho music and chopped out sections of it and, like, kind of rearranged it a little bit. But, like, it's it's Psycho. Yeah. Because when I was listening to it, I was like, it was like, this is the Psycho song. I was torn between... I had to stop and look it up. I said, my note is, is it Psycho or Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Because I kind of heard elements of both. But yeah, mostly Psycho. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the most like um, horrific stealing of music since Vanilla Ice went. But don't forget, dun 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 dun. That's it. Literally was like that. I was like, I'm listening to Psycho, right? There was an extra note. It's not the same thing. Yeah, he won it's, that court case, so is, that's enough out of you, Miss. Yeah, fucking absurd. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, I did the same thing. I researched the song because I was like, why do I know this? Mm-hmm. Um, but taking it back, this is actually based loosely on an H.P. Lovecraft story um, called Reanimator. And it was originally released in 1921. And it was a serial publishing. It came out in like, what, seven different Six. Uh, versions? Six. And it was, to me at least, doing some research, one of the earliest references in American horror to the zombies. Um, and to the idea of the reanimation and zombies who are like hungry uh, and animal-like in their nature. Um, He also, which I didn't know, this is a fun fact, uh, Lovecraft invented Miskatonic School, right? Is that how you say it? Miskatonic? Yeah, which I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. So they did borrow a lot of the plot from the story itself. I don't know if the plot, but maybe the premise... Because I thought I read the plot was like his daughter dies or something, and he's just trying to bring her back to life. I thought that was the plot. Of oh, the maybe story. yeah, maybe maybe premise is the better word. You're right, but um, yeah, I I don't know. You guys you guys liked this movie, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have such strong feelings, and I wanted to because the, my history with this film is very much weird. Like I was really afraid of this movie when I was younger. Full disclosure, I think I kind of shied away from most of like the -the over-the-top Splatterhouse films. Like, I didn't watch Dead Alive till college. Um, I think I was always kind of afraid of these films. And so when I finally watched this one in college or whatever, I loved it. And on the rewatch, I have to admit, I kind of hate it. And it's hard to say because there's so much about it that I want to like because of the dark humor and because of just kind of the -the over-the-topness of it. But to me, there's certain things that just really make this film, like, unpalatable at this point in my life. No, that's fair. This movie is kind of a a paradox. For me, this is a movie where I don't like any of the characters. Like, I feel like none of the characters have any redeeming qualities. And normally in a situation like that, when I don't like the characters, I won't like, like the movie. Like, for example, Seinfeld. Um, I don't like any of the characters. And I know that you're not supposed to like any of the characters. Like, they're not supposed to be likable characters anyway. 
but everyone still likes the show. Uh, for me, it didn't work like that. So for this movie, I still liked the movie itself. Like, I still like the movie as a whole without liking any of the characters. I really like Herbert West as a character because even though he has no moral compass whatsoever, he's not evil. He's not shysty. He's like, this is what's happening. We can fix it. We cannot fix it. But we should just fix it because otherwise you've just got a dead body. You're right. He's like this living, breathing representation of scientific process. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's he's... what I was thinking the whole time. Like he is, he is science personified. He's like take mm -hmm. all morality out of the question because all he cares about is his experiment his through bo through both of these movies. That's all he cares about. About is his experiment, and everything else is a distraction. I have a note that he is, um, he's like uh, what's his name, Brundle from The Fly. Mm -hmm. He's like that eccentric <laughs> scientist that's so. So focused on this one experiment and getting the results and trying and trying and uh, very, very reminiscent from the fly. The thing is, though, that he never includes himself in the experiment because Excellent. he wants to remain like a, an, un, like an unaffected observer. He wants to, he's doing the science on it. He wants to, you know, note changes and take notes and try and improve his formula and everything. So, I don't know. I thought it was great. Like, every time that he did something, like, really skeezy, he was like, listen, we're in a shitty situation right now, and we can try and fix it, or we can just let this person die and I'll go to jail. Like, his his reasoning was always very plausible. Like, it didn't seem like, like, this guy's crazy. We should just go to the police and blah, blah, blah. It's like, he never, like, killed anybody. Like, I don't even think he killed that cat. I mean, that's up in the air, but I don't even think he killed the cat. Uh, he did. I did he? he did. That's how I read it. Yeah, I read it that he did. <coughs> but you're right. Like, but he it's... said he just found the cat. Mm -hmm. And he very well and, might and, have. And he didn't say anything about it because he didn't want to just like leave a note in the refrigerator like, cat dead in freezer. Talk to me, talk to me about I it later. I loved that line. <laughs> um, yeah, there's something, I think there's a really bigger theme to be had with the character of West. And you're right. It's almost like his logic is perfect. And he also has this very like, charming serial killer-esque detachment from everyone in his life mm -hmm. but it's in this film it's fascinating how it's really just chalked up to science i think in the second one they say it they're like be careful man he'll manipulate you and get you to do what he wants and it's true he's very very quick to manipulate us because even i at points was like no that makes sense you might as well keep going yeah at this just point. keep going at this point like we already have like three mm -hmm. zombies going you know mm -hmm. if we could throw the fourth one in there probably might might fix things who knows and yeah. I, I did like the i don't i I don't want to call it a tender moment, but I did like West had a human moment when they first uh, put the reagent in one of the dead bodies and Dan goes into shock and West like puts his jacket over him to cover him and he's like, it's okay, you're in shock, like you're going to get through it, like just keep breathing. So I like how they did give him a human moment here or there, mm -hmm. but I, I love what you guys are saying, how he is... He is science. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, and I think that it kind of speaks to the problem that I, at least I, as a very arts, non-sciencey focused brain tend to think about, and that is that science is way too distracted from the humanity and the bigger implications thematically of what they're doing. And I think that this film very much speaks to that problem. And it also, to me, like as, as somebody who teaches and studies psychology, like it, it's a really good comment on just how immoral and unethical so much of our scientific progress mm -hmm. really has been like when you look at all the major things that have been done there's so much dirt and grime and horrific background to it all especially in psychology 
and in neurology. I don't even want to know how much stuff we got from the Nazi scientists that it's basically more, tortured the shit out of people. When, like Mengele and all them, it is horrific to say that so much of this this field that I love comes from all that harm. Yeah, like yeah. they didn't, they're, they were like, okay, well, you got good data. It's like, yeah, by like gassing and torturing people for like over a decade, like... Yeah. Jesus. And we don't, I mean, nobody recognizes their data anymore because of the, the ethical dilemmas behind it, but to, to it, not acknowledge that that was the, the springboard for so much of what we do today yeah, is at this crazy. point, At this point, it's too late to go back anyway mm-hmm. because so many things have built off of that stuff yeah. that, like, you can't just detach yourself from it anymore True even story. if you try and, like, throw a blanket over it. Yeah, like it or not, it's part of the history mm-hmm. of both medicine and psychology. Um, and I think that that's, that is one thing I did like about this film, was that it, it played with those themes well. And I did like West as a character, and, and I think Combs did a good job. I'm ready to talk about what I hate, so I'm going to let you guys keep talking about what you liked. <laughs> no, but that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I like about this movie, is that, like, I can get behind West and, like, all his motivations. He never seemed like, a, it never seemed like the writing was, like, hackneyed. Like, oh, we got to f- figure out a reason to let him keep doing what he's doing. It's like, no, he's always kind of the voice of reason in the midst of all this chaos, even though he was the spark that started it all. Yeah. Very true. It it ends up always, like, getting out of his hands, and he's just like, well, listen, we have all this data. We gotta keep looking at it and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just, I I, I just, like, it's mainly the gore. But Jeffrey Combs is a treasure. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. And I liked, um, getting back to what you said about everybody being unlikable, Jackie, I liked that in my head, West was a villain, like the scary character. But this, the second Hill mm-hmm. starts doing what Hill's gonna do, you're like, oh, he's the super villain. Oh, it's that's like the they bad just guy. want, yeah, like oh, here's the bad guy, and it's almost like you switch. It's a very interesting thing that they do because I almost go back to cheering for West once Hill is the real antagonist. You it's, know, it's so funny. The first scene with. West and Hill. Actually, almost every scene with them is so antagonistic. Yeah. You don't even know what's going on. Oh, you're breaking the pencils. Does Mr. West get a pen? One of my favorite parts of that movie. If there is something I truly love, it's the scene where he keeps breaking his pencil. Because as a teacher, that shit would drive me wild, too, to be fair. Um, um, but yeah, he's a big scumbag. Yeah. Like, from minute one of the movie that he is in, he is terrible, and you're just waiting for him to die, and... You don't get it that easily. Something else I really like about this movie is the way that it looks, the way that they chose to keep, uh, how do I want to say it? I guess aesthetically, keeping it very dark so whenever the green goo comes out, like that glows, mm-hmm. you know, it was the it was the focus. Like almost to, I don't know how I want to word it, but you know what I mean. Like just the choice of, keeping the lighting very dark, keeping colors very dark and muted. So to contrast it with the goo, uh, it was super bright and so, I mean, they illuminated it. So of course it's bright, but just the balance between the goo and the background, I thought worked really well. Yeah. Especially in those ending scenes, I thought they were Mm -hmm. particularly well done. Um, I liked that it played with the trope of like what lobotomies were to science for a short period too. If we get back to like the mad science idea um, people very much shockingly and creepily used lobotomies for a long while in the early 1900s as a way to kind of deal with psychological uh, disorders. And the scariest part, and Jackie, you could speak to this too, having been an expert in that field, is that that was like the least of our problems. Did you just read the best page of expert? expert. Yeah, like you worked in, in psychological health system for like how long? 13 years. Oh, that's an expertise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Don't sell yourself short. Um, 
these fucking turds fresh out of college. Like, themselves <laughs> like Yeah, that's right, college turds. You heard from the Jersey girls. They're a bunch of turds. <laughs> um, I am one of those turds. I'm getting my degree in August. Thank you. Turd! You're expelled <laughs> into the toilet from my butt cheeks. <laughs> um, so I like that they bought the idea of a lobotomy as a way of manipulating and kind of controlling the zombies. Not only to me does that call to the more like Haitian voodoo-esque idea of zombies where like it's not about killing someone to kill them it's about uh putting someone into a lesser state of functioning and consciousness so that you can manipulate and control them Mm -hmm. and so i loved that it played with this idea and and hill very creepily lobotomized the the dad the hail sea character to in order to control him i really wanted to love hill's head in the bucket and that whole thing i really did you guys it's so iconic. I have that note about Hill's head in the pan. Yeah. Like, that's, aside from the image of West holding the syringe with the reagent in it, mm-hmm. I think Dr. Hill's head in the pan is just so iconic. Yeah. Um, I know that there are, you know, millions of movies out there, and, you know, every now and then you're going to come across a movie where characters have the same name in other movies. I just very much enjoyed, and whether this is on purpose or not, I have no idea, but the doctor in the beginning who West is studying with is Hans Gruber. And I was like, oh, (laughs) Alan Rickman. That might be on purpose because there's a character in the other one that we watched who's named after the original president of Nintendo of America. Nice. That's so funny. Yes, I I noticed that too. I wrote that down. It was like Hans Hart. Yeah, that's what I did. I wrote Hans Gruber. Like from Die Hard, I heart Alan Rickman. R.I.P. No. Poop it up, Marissa. You ready? For I'm my, ready. All right, because I, I knew you guys were going to disagree because I knew you liked this movie. Here's why this movie is ruined for me. It's 1985. Final girls have been invented. The rules have largely shifted from the very as the 70s reinvented the notion of what feminist, uh, what film can be for a woman, right? So it's 1985, you have things like Dead Alive coming out where the women are strong and do take on a certain, like, have agency in their existence. Granted, one of them is an evil, manipulative, half-rat woman, and the other one is is sweet and, like, very much a victim of all of it, too, but she takes some agency. This fucking movie, it's like it didn't get the memo that we were ushering in a new age of, of horror where we shouldn't just be super rapey for the sake of rapey, and we shouldn't completely expose and leave women so vulnerable and victim victimized and never give them a chance to redeem themselves. Mm-hmm. We know better in 1985. And we know better because the slashers and all those have paved the way. So my here's my gripe. In what is completely unnecessary, gratuitous, cringy rape. No art to it. It's not like it's shot... The way, like, that guy you were telling me about. No, it's just, you know, it's there, it's it's the there to the disturb slash yeah. titillate you, depending on, you know, how fucked up sickness. you are. Yeah. And so, like, that's where I lose my affinity for horror, is when rape is used to be entertainment. Because I don't think it should ever be entertaining, unless either A, it's making a good statement about the problems associated with it, or B, it's super fucking artsy in a way that creates a conversation. This is neither of those. Mm. This guy, like... Literally, they just rip her body, her, her her naked, and we have to cringily watch her him almost eat her out, for lack of a better term. What's, yeah. the, what's the scientific word for it? Eat That's it. fine. <laughs> um, I could say it, but, but I'd rather you just say the dirty way. No, yeah, I'll, I'll say he, he went downtown. And he does get stopped. No actual... Well, see, that's so debatable. He doesn't get to do what he wants to do with her body. Right. But, but 
still he still puts his gross old man oh, mouth all over her over boobs her. and stuff. Oh. And it's super nasty. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. A hundred percent. Like they could have done this. They could have shown like how lustful and creepy this guy was Without in a million other ways before they got to this point where the girl's naked on a freaking like surgery table or yeah. whatever it is. Like it's ridiculous. It like, did. It felt so it felt so perva- pervasively like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like when they did it just to shock and just to make you uncomfortable and just to, you know, like. I felt like sensationalized. It was like sensationalized for no good reason. Yeah, I feel like they wrote a lot of this script and then they're like, well, we need more reasons to hate this guy besides him just being a foil yeah. to West. So they started like you know like really just like diving into like the little things because there are little things from earlier. I think he like touches her mm-hmm. leg at one oh, point. Oh yeah, you can tell he's a creeper. Like, he's being all. a creeper earlier, like, but like dinner. they could have done it. I don't know. You're right. They could have done it in a myriad of ways that didn't objectify and demean females. And so I can't like, so then my other big issue is then Dan comes in and gets her off the table. Her father rescues her. Dan rescues her. Her father rescues her. Dan rescues her. Then she dies. So it, in no way does she get what Carol Clover in Men, Women, and Chainsaw is referred to as like the moment where she takes agency and control over her own life and she becomes feminist in a way and she becomes a survivor. She becomes a final girl and usually takes up a phallic object, but she never gets that arc. She dies. And then she's, so really she's victimized by every male in this movie. And one thing that made, did make me kind of hate Herbert West was his complete lack of ability to me to connect with women. Like he was, every time in both films, every time if a woman as a romantic interest is mentioned, he, he gets pissy and like cringy. And I can't tell if looking at it with like a queer theory lens, maybe it's subversive sexuality that he has a come to terms with, or maybe it's just that he's a fucking raging misogynist. I, I don't think it's either of those Neither things. I think that he's just completely disconnected from the world of human emotion. Yeah, and but I, when and it he, doesn't even occur to him. Yeah, when he does show emotion, though, it's always towards male characters. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't even really show emotion. He, he does show, like, some tenderness to characters in moments, but it's not, like, he's, like, dead-faced when he's doing it. He's like, this is what's happening. Like, he could just ignore someone and let them be in pain, but he's like, no, no, no. It's like, I don't know. I feel no, like he, I, I feel like he doesn't really he doesn't emote like at all, and that's like kind of the draw of his character and why the character is interesting to me. I I agree with that because I feel like I feel like he knew what he wanted to do with science at a young age, and I think he he also kind of had that like realization that I want to do this, I want to be focused on this, women, men, whatever sexual preference he has. That's a distraction. That's a mm-hmm. distraction from science. So I cut that part out. Like, literally, like, take the libido and just eliminate it because that will distract me from my ultimate goal of conquering death. That's that's how I took He's it. He's annoyed by them having sex loudly at one point. I think he complains to them about how much noise they right. make. Yeah. Which, again, like, to he's me, completely, like, he's not, like, yeah. a dude dude. He's, like, completely cut off from, like, all that stuff. He's like, listen, I'm trying to do work. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you guys. I think that's a good point you make. I just think that it lends itself to a very misogynistic reading of the film. So I'm going to disagree with both of you guys. And I know, but yeah, I probably am going to get yelled at for this one. But <gasps> see, the rape scene mm-hmm. didn't affect me like that. Hmm. Because to me, 
I found it to be more cringy and more violating and rapey when Hill was like touching her leg or or talking to her and kind of getting inappropriately close and getting like really handsy. Mm-hmm. When it came down to the actual scene of her, you know, zombie, you know, simple-minded father ripping the clothes off of her, it was so absurd that the zombie head was doing this to her. That it, that's what kind of took me out of the cringe. Like, to me, it was more cringy when he was human and whole. I, I mean, I agree. Completely gratuitous. And it was there for the shock value. But it, I didn't get the cringe from it like you did, I think. Because for me, like, it was just, it was so absurd. Like, there's a, zo- a headless zombie holding a head that's falling apart that's doing the action. Yeah, I actually really like that reading, Jackie. I think that the notion that the absurdity of it might be the art and what kind of justifies it is a really yeah. fascinating one. Yeah, he was scarier to me when he was whole. Like, when he was alive and well. See, and what I found interesting about the scenes where he's violating her in a very real way that is very normative experience for women, especially in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. not so much hopefully now, is you're right. It's, there's something really uncomfortable about it to us, but what I'm thinking is they were so... The, the makers of this film were so okay with the patriarchy that they didn't even realize how uncomfortable all of that would make us. They just thought that was good character development. I don't think they were like, oh, this is going to tell later that it's too absurd and it's it's removed from reality. And we're going to comment on how normative that this is in society. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, he's the bad guy, so he's going to touch her inappropriately. You know? like, so I just feel like the, the male gaze in this film is too hard to ignore. And something about West's emotional detachment and scientific way of being and you're right maybe it isn't just one one gender but something about that makes it feel more male gazy to me there's something almost sterile about the way this film is shot that makes me uncomfortable when women are so easily victimized it's almost like making the victimization of the women completely sterile too and that made me uncomfortable well i think that the one thing that, that kept this movie from, you know, making me, like, you you definitely came away with this with a much more negative view than I did, is that there's only really the one female character in the entire movie. So, like, you can watch a lot of this and not even know that she's a part of this story. So, it's Good not point. it's not as bad. Like, the, the other one, we'll get into it. The other one's much worse because they, ha- they invent women characters just... For the titillation, oh, and like they, they have put the nothing. tit in titillation. Oh boy! <laughs> but I think it was just how, like, I don't know, like, yeah, you're right. Like all of the rapey, weird stuff in the movie was disturbing, and I'm just adding to me. But I think it was just it was just way more graphic at that one moment, and that's why that mm-hmm. moment like sticks with me. Even though you know it is a ridiculous severed head being lowered onto her body and stuff. Like, yes, I get. That it's kind of goofy, but it's just, I don't, yeah, I, I definitely am still, like, upset by it and yeah. disturbed by it a bit. It reminds me, both of these films reminded me of how rarely you have to watch the violent, sexual violence against women actually play out in front of you on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it makes me thankful of how rare it is, because it is. It's like, I wanted to take a shower. I'm sorry, I feel like I shit on a movie that should be like, wee, yay, oh, you know, absurd comedy, slap, slap I mean, bar. 75% of it is fun, absurd You're right. comedy. Mm-hmm. It's just that 25% is like, hey, there's this going on here, too. So I absolutely hated the character of Meg. I thought she was a terrible, <laughs> shitty 
a-hole person, like, from the word go. Um, so in this instance, I am perfectly fine with not having a final girl. I'm perfectly fine with her biting it at the end. Like, I think she is such a shitty character. Now, to Barbara Crampton's credit, she played her that way. You know, like, I, yeah, you like know, I'm not shitting on Barbara yeah, on this I one. Like I just think the character was written... Like, she's a gold digger. She's a liar. She's an a-hole. Like, she strings Dan along. She lies to her dad. Like, she's just, like, a terrible human being. Oh, that's being. so funny. Mm -hmm. I never read any of that in oh, yeah. her character. Uh, so, it's like, to me, like, her dying at the end, I'm like, cool, peace out. I wish you were gone sooner. Like, I, I didn't like her one bit. You thought that she was a gold digger? I'm not going to marry you until the minute after you get your MD. Because she was worried about her his father right. getting well, like, she's her like, father. And they're walking around like, oh, this is my fiancé. But the dad doesn't even know they're together. Like, they're not really married. They're like those eighth graders that say they're going to fall in love and they're going to be together forever. <laughs> oh, that's, your, that's so funny. You're yeah. probably totally right. I read that she was hiding things from her father oh, to no. keep his career safe. No, she, no, no. I think she absolutely was hiding some stuff from her dad but to protect him, but like, yeah. It was for her. It wasn't yeah. for her. Oh, it was for her yeah. That's crazy. No, she I think Jackie's right. Bag. I think Jackie's right. I think that oh, she was... Oh, man. I would have fallen for her hook, line, and sinker, too. American Psycho. Everyone's super superficial in the 80s. You, uh, yeah, you're You know what? It's probably that's true. what it was. She was listening to her Huey Lewis records. Yeah. Yep. Um, you're not wrong. Yeah, I, I didn't read it that way. I'm such a sap. I was like, oh, she's protecting him from getting in trouble and also like at the end like the whole fucking thing is happening it's like this, i have the zombie dance party is happening you know oh, fucking was, thriller is playing and the zombie amazing. dance party is happening dan saves meg and they're gonna run out they look at west being wrapped up and strangled by the intestines mm -hmm. and they look at him and then they just fucking leave they leave him they fucking leave him like you can easily rescue him and they leave west to die Oh, that's funny. I was like, that's fair. He's a fucking maniac. He's not a maniac, though. He, well, guys, I mean, he might be scientific, but he's still fucking batshit crazy. It's not like, it's, so it's not like other horror stories where the mad scientist is going out and, like, digging up dead people and murdering people and setting people up to die and stuff so they can do their experiments. It's just, this stuff happened. And he's like, well, I'll take advantage of it. So I don't view him with quite oh, a negative see, I lens. I thought he, uh, I, I, see, that's why I think he killed the cat. I think it's important that he facilitates when he needs to the kill like and the, and in and the second the third one is or where he does he catches the rat and kills it so that he can bring it back to life. So I, my argument is I think he is a little more nefarious than you guys want him to be. Like I think he I don't Wait, know I don't, I would I don't save think him either. I don't know I don't think that he is completely innocent, but I don't I don't know. I just think they're being think for you know they're they're thinking for for themselves and they're like oh well you know we're good. No, I, don't I just also enjoy the very end. When they go to the hospital and Dan is trying to save Meg and like he fails, he can't save her. And the doctors are like, oh, well, you know, you can't, you know, save everybody. It's a that shame. That lady with the big glasses. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, they're covered, they're both covered in blood. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Meg is dead. No question. And they were like, tough break, kiddo. It and then like, walk out. <laughs> yeah. And like, you're, no one's going to ask any questions as to what happened, why she did. No. Why are you covered in blood? Like, no. No. It's a hospital. It's not a police station, Jackie. <laughs> Come on. It's not their job. Um, <laughs> speaking of not their job, um, the other problematic characterization I had with this film was the security guard who was the only, you know, overtly minority <laughs> character. Oh, I mean, he was the worst. He was A, 
bad at his job. He was reading like porn. He was reading porn. Yeah. And Every people just walk into the morning like, like right next to him and he's like, nah, I'm looking at porn. Yeah, and he would sit there <laughs> not doing his job and then the second somebody else came, he'd be like, time for a break. It was like in Not Another Teen Movie where he's like, that shit is whack. That's this character. I thought... This is that negative trope. Like, this has to stop. <laughs> but I mean, this is 1980-something so it, it has Sorry. changed at this point. Well, but but I mean, like... No, like, literally, he all he does is say he's going on breaks, read porno bags, and then when he sees one as it comes flying out of him, that part made me giggle. Um, I laughed like, so much at this rise. movie just because of how, like, Absurd. dumb and ridiculous people are, and he was a big part of it. I definitely have a note here that says, this is the worst security guard ever. I know, and it's it's just so problematic, given the 1980s treatment of, of minorities in general, you know? Jack, he's like, I'm gonna nod yeah. politely, Marissa. I'm gonna sip my pumpkin spice latte and nod politely. No, I agree with that one 100%. Yeah, that was, we've got, yeah, we've got one minority character and you're gonna make him like a this, bumbling... And he's the security guard. Yeah, I feel like that's... I, security I feel like this is 2019 talking though, not 1984 talking. I don't talking. know, I think in the 80s is when we first started realizing I think, we I think the 80s we were too dumb to realize that we're like, no, it's security guard, he's lazy, and d- didn't even realize that they were putting in, you know, a black guy into that role, ah. and then they had a bad look to it, and... Yeah, maybe yeah. they didn't overthink it like I do, but it still makes it a hard watch in 2019. Yeah. I, I love this movie. I That's love fair. this movie. There's gonna, a lot to love. I'm going to get this movie on Blu-ray now because it, uh, watching it, it would just remind me of all the ridiculous, dumb bullshit that I loved. Yeah, I certainly liked it. I don't know that I would repeat watch, you know, frequ- oh, yeah. frequently, but I think I'll, you know, yeah. I'll throw it in the in the repertoire. I would. Yeah. I, think it, I think it moves along at a nice pace. It has, like, the violence is nicely like paced out. You get something at the very beginning, then like twenty minutes in, they give you something else. Like it's not like you're just waiting for the the carnage at the end. But there is carnage at the end as well. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's a fun movie. It it moves quickly. It does have like problematic parts of it, which are really you know probably didn't bother me very much when I was younger. But now I'm like, uh, come on. But all in all, I enjoy it very much, and I like watching people's heads get swished into a paste in someone's hands. I think yeah, that's a, I think that's a fun trick that you can do. I think that's I think that's a good description. I would call this movie fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a very nice balance of gore and like a little bit of you know, little terror, a little gore, some boobies, really? a little spooky. In spite of what happened, we're gonna call it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I and again, I don't like the character of Meg, so uh, I couldn't care less what happens to her. Oh my god, Jackie, that's so problematic. She's it's not real. It's a But just because you don't like her, you should still care what happens to her. Why? She's not real. <laughs> I'm I'm very good at compartmentalizing <laughs> things. Oh, oh yeah, when it when it comes to movies, like it can have like a scene or like a couple scenes that I really, really hate and I can still love the movie. Like I'm, I'm. Want a palito, by the way. No, thank you. No. Um. That was a baby. No. Oh uh, yeah, like it's like no, I see, can. No. No. I I'm okay with somebody's head being squished in someone's hands to you know mush. Me too. And that's fine because mm-hmm. it's not real. So in the same breath, I can say that like I don't care what happens to Meg, because it's, it's not, not real. real, and it doesn't. So people's getting reanimated and their heads squished into a paste to me is not real because it's not real. In real life, I think when it comes to why I have a different opinion is because, like, when it's real in real life, 
it feels like more real. No, I think yeah. you don't want to watch audition. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. because it's real. Yeah. Let's All right. Let's movie. talk about the Audrey animator. Whose shitty idea was this? Oh. Yeah. Mine. Womp womp. <laughs> You um, said reanimator, and I was like, hey, there's reanimator sequels knowing nothing about them. So I just tossed one out, and you're like, yeah, great. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I had no and idea. None of us caught that there was another movie in between. Good job, Nate, because I didn't even notice. I didn't hate this one either. Oh, I hated this one. I didn't hate it either. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like this one like I like the original, but it's like See, Okay, so I'm the kind of person that can watch that movie The Room. Oh, no, oh, hi, oh, hi, Mark, with, like, no commentary tracks or anything and just laugh my ass off the entire time just finding all the dumb wow. inaccuracies and bullshit and bad acting and, and like, like flubbed lines and stuff that, like, left in there. And this movie is a lot that. This movie is a shit show. It really is. And there's is. so many things that you can see, like, what did they do? Who was doing this part? Oh, they, there's a boom mic in this shot. What is going on? Dude, when they, <laughs> when they were just running around the, you know, abandoned slash riot-filled prison, there mm-hmm. were so many technical errors mm-hmm. in the filmmaking that I was like, Jesus, it feels like I'm watching a Rowan special from the fucking <laughs> film school. And you know what? That's insulting to my husband and the rest of the people who graduated from that program because they remembered to get the boom mics out of their oh. fucking shots. Oh. Like, it was, oh, so crazy. I, I, I'm a weird person. So, like, don't, like, listen to my recommendation and think it's me saying, this is a good, this is a terrible movie. This is a terrible movie, but it's so terrible that if you enjoy movies being terrible, there's a lot for you to just like glomp <laughs> onto and be like, "Oh my yeah, god, true. these fucking idiots!" Like this should be a like horror movie night movie, not a Jersey Gold movie. Probably, yeah. Uh, I'm curious if we missed anything having not watched Bride of Reanimator because Reanimator is 1985, Bride of Reanimator 1990, Beyond Reanimator 2003. Yeah, you know what we missed. Another uh, shitty movie. Another <laughs> shitty movie and tons of misogyny. And then in between feminism, third yeah, wave feminism. Not happened. every movie needs to have some sort of feminist agenda and final girl. Agreed. But when they're overtly victimizing and misogynizing women, I don't like them. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't mean they have to have. Like, you don't have well, to right have. They do. Let's talk about this movie. I keep it classy on this show. No, no we're I'm, never going to get through this. I'm just saying, I agree with you. They don't. But I'm saying that when a horror movie, like rubs my nose in like shitty female victimization and makes me a little uncomfortable. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I, I love I love plenty of movies. I even noted 80s boob and was excited for you to de- like, you know, give the Megan a 0 to one, 10 rating. Look, I said, "Oh, gee, 80s boob. Yay, Jackie." She did have some nice tan lines, but again, I don't not, like that not, character. Not bo- so. yeah. Oh, really? She's oh, going to voice. She won't even talk about the boobies. That's serious like dislike. Her. She really rubbed you the wrong way. She did. I thought she was a total D-bag. Oh, my God. What she was had, like, there, was a, there was a nice tan, but also she obviously had a bandeau mm-hmm. on and not No triangle whatsoever. No which anyway. I loses points for no triangle. Ridiculous. But what the hell of, is your problem? Teenier bikini ears, please. <laughs> speaking of boobs and beyond reanimator. Oh, Jesus. Um, Are we getting ahead of ourselves? Can we talk about the little kids talking about how the soul is... The soul existence is is just a bunch of witch doctor nonsense or something. These twelve year old kids having a sleepover in the backyard talking about existential, uh, conceptual things like the, the soul and the afterlife. So what are these kids doing with their lives? That this is these are the things they're interested. in? I don't know. In? That's how I imagined my husband was at that age. Oh my so god. I don't know. <laughs> we were talking about what ants tasted like and stuff. <laughs> they taste like root beer. Ew. 
Really? Yeah. <gasps> I want to eat ants. Ew. Yeah, you can eat an ant. If an ant tastes like root beer, fucking sign me up. Ew, you guys. I ate an ant. I ate multiple ants. Not like all the time, but in one in one sitting, I ate a couple ants because we weren't sure. Jersey Boys Confessions. <laughs> <laughs> one time when I was eight, I ate an ant and I said it tasted like root beer. That's the end of that story. Did you trick your friends into eating them by saying that? I was like... tricked. I'm a follower, not a leader. Oh, you're... <laughs> so, so they, they don't, don't taste don't like root beer. That's, I think mm -hmm. that's... No, they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All right, I'm back on board. I'm back on board. Look, or, maybe, or maybe I just convinced myself that that's what they tasted like because I was told, oh, it's like root beer. Right before I ate it. Hey, there are plenty of cultures that eat bugs they and... Eat bugs. Ants, ants are not so... one of them. Grasshoppers, all of those are high in protein. Ants have no nutritional value. Yeah, but they taste like root beer. <laughs> so eat so root beer, beer right? <laughs> Like peewee. They're not... Well, they are bitey if you... They the are super first. bitey. If you go butt first, they're not as bitey. Ew. <laughs> Ants. Jersey Ghouls Confessions. I love oh it. God. I love this new segment. <laughs> All right. So uh, do you have like a synopsis for this one? or? Um, let's see. It's synopsis. a really shitty movie that rehashes a plot. Yep. And uh, it takes place in a prison. It's in a prison now. Yeah. It's the end. There we go. That's it's it. That's, so anyways, it's... <laughs> These kids are having a sleepover in a tent. It starts to rain. They come inside. And is there like a thing on the radio plane or something? What happens? Were they, no, were they, they were, were the... effing around with the sister and hiding on her. And then, uh... Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. They, were doing the, they were doing the Halloween thing. They, I'm pretty sure they even played the Halloween music at that part. I don't remember. I, I need to watch that beginning part again, but I'm pretty sure they're playing like the Halloween music or something at that mm -hmm. beginning part. Anyways, they're, they're messing with the sister. And then she's like giving some hugs out, and then this jawless zombie just wanders into the kitchen that they're hanging out in, strangles the shit out of the sister, probably snaps her neck, tosses her, um, and then chugs a bunch of milk. But it, it started it, this this beginning scene set the trend of this movie just For being sure. complete it, it's dumb so bullshit and a bunch of absurd nonsense happening. And hey, if you can stay awake through the first. 75 minutes, then you get 15 minutes of half men, and <laughs> oh man, there's so many wild things at the end, and this guy's like a Spider-Man, like like so many weird things happen by the end of this movie. I don't know how we it get there. It goes off the rails, yeah. The lady becomes some kind of demon god or something, like, I, it's crazy. This movie's bonkers. The end 15 minutes did delight me, I will admit. Like, everything was so off the rails mm -hmm. that it almost made me forget about the cringy, rapey, problematic shit that yes. they decided in now 2003 was still appropriate to do in a movie. It's a throwback. <laughs> it's retro. I love, I love my next three notes after the zombie chugging the milk is, this dialogue is terrible. This acting matches. This is dumb. <laughs> oh, my favorite part was when... Um, I'm so excited! <laughs> it's great because the reporter lady is there, and oh, someone knocks Jesus. over like one of the one of the things of reagent onto the ground, and she runs she over. She runs over and starts like touching on the does. ground. Like, what's that? What's that? What's that? I told she totally did the to stick the finger in it and lick it. I'm telling you, I feel like she was like, what, what a dumbass! You see a syringe <laughs> fall and break, and you're like, I should it. lick the contents of that <laughs> syringe. No, my see now her. She was an evil. See you next Tuesday who I had trouble having sympathy for, although I still hated any scenes where she was victimized. Yeah, she was bad. She was a She 
is obviously a porn star that someone once said, you've got real talent. You should try it for real. And then went, Burr. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, because so, she was good at that. She did that like four times in this movie, I think. She did. She that This poor fucking woman spent half the time barking like a goddamn dog. Oh, my God. Holy shit. People. I, I was like, when I was so watching that, I was like, Marissa is probably losing her fucking <laughs> mind watching this. Oh, dude, I almost turned it off. Because I was like, I swear to God, if she, so when she started unzipping his pants, I was like, she's going to bite it off, and that's supposed to make this okay. And it didn't. And she did, but it didn't. It I called it. Okay. And then we had to see the stupid way, too. Can we talk about the fact that we need to stop filming the ends of sex scenes to lead into pillow talk conversations? <laughs> we can just skip to the pillow talk conversation? Yes, but we got We got We got butt. We got dude butt. Like, that scene cuts in, and it's just that dude going like, with a sheet in between them. Then he rolls over. And then they start the scene. It's like, why did you need that? What was that intro about? Because it's the 80s. And there's Jackie no, would no, it's 2003. There's, there's, it's, it's retro. It's, it's, it's a throwback, Jackie. <laughs> there's like no need. I just, it's just like stuff like if I made a movie, I would be like, why are we, why is everyone naked right now? What's going on? <laughs> what are, are you guys going to be naked? Like, no, we're just naked in the shot, but we're covered up. So it's not, but. I don't know why we're doing this. Because nothing in this movie is, isn't fucking ridiculous. The other thing is, now you cannot say that West isn't clearly misogynistic. The way he treats the nurse, the way he treats the reporter, he has marked disdain for females. His character is completely misogynistic. That, that nurse was all shaky. She could do her <laughs> shit. I think he was more just annoyed that someone was in, in a place of a position of power. She, the fact that they wrote that poor nurse to A, not be able to fucking thread an IV, to B, go, cute, when she first meets the doctor, and then C, that <laughs> Not poor, wear a shirt ever. Yeah, <laughs> just get her, just totally get violated in every worst imaginable way that a woman can get violated, only to fucking come back as like a fucking monster. And then the fucking reporter chick is barking like a motherfucking dog on the floor. While he forces her to give him fucking head. And like everything about this movie made me sad and made me remember why in 2003 Lilith was a thing. Hmm. Because it was fucking horrific what fucking society and the patriarchy thought they could get away with in shitty horror movies in 2003. So yeah, while I do love the fucking half guy running around in the bunker <laughs> shit, I can't get over two things in this movie. I can't get over the treatment of women mm -hmm. and how violent, misogynistic, and just sexually inappropriate it all is. And how literally they are objectifying and animalizing women. And B... Can we discuss the fact that the only minorities in this film are fucking drug-riddled, rapey fucking people who have inappropriate relationships with rats? Fuck you, S.A. I don't fucking like the way you portray Latinos in this film. I'm done now. Oh, but he loved his ratty, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his redeeming quality, but then he wanted to rape a white woman. That's true. But he is like, also let's call back to Birth of a Nation, shall he's, we? He's also in prison. <laughs> That's right, but th everybody That's... else in the prison was white. Yeah, and they're all rapists, too. Yeah, that's true. But, like, it was, it was just, I was so annoyed with the portrait. And, and especially, I'm yeah, sure I'm sensitive to 2019. Yeah, I think you're being way too sensitive to a movie that didn't consider anything ever. Not anyone's feelings, but not the But in 2003, plot. We, we knew better. No, but, like, you're asking for a lot from a movie that can't even get a plot down on <laughs> you're paper, right. you know? You're right. How dare I ask there to not be fucking misogyny in film? That's just silly. <laughs>
No, you're right, though. This no, no, I completely yeah, agree. Yeah, I no, thought I this agree. movie was like... If they can't a... remember to move the boom mic, they're not going to remember to be sensitive Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this movie was like, it took all the things I hated about the first reanimator, and it was like, that's why people like it. Yes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Perfectly put, Nate. <laughs> I made it to an hour and eight minutes in this movie you're and was just that. so bored... I started hitting the uh, advanced 30 seconds button. And uh, when something happened, I kind of went back and watched that. But for the most part, I just uh, breezed through the last 30 minutes of this movie because I was so bored with this <laughs> stupid movie. Uh, I, did... I don't know that I call it boring, but I hear I'm what you're saying. I was. This, this movie held nothing for me. Uh, the movie started and the, the kid grows up to be a doctor. Uh-huh. And I thought he looked familiar, so I looked him up. And he played Tommy in Titanic, who was one of the hot Irish dudes with like the curly hair. Although in this movie, he cut the hair and he shaved off the beard, so he's worthless to me now. So... And uh, I have a Jersey Ghouls confession. Oh, man. Nate's never seen Titanic. <laughs> that's not your confession. That's my confession. And I revealed it to the she world. I'm, I'm not going to watch it. So write in. Like, send me copies of Titanic. I will never watch them. Ever. I'm going to send you copies of Titanic. Never, ever, ever, ever. No. Hey, can I say it was a great no-take when, when the female reporter died? He goes, No! He does this weird. I have to like look up the clip again, but it's he's his line read is so ridiculous. Awesome. No, I didn't notice that. But that's no, funny. there's so many dumb things. Like when she goes to the prison, they're like, "We're just gonna lock you into the hole with this violent, crazy inmate who we just had to separate from everyone." I'm gonna lock you in there, and I'm gonna take. I'm not even gonna hang out. I'm gonna go get like a soda or something. So have fun, do your interview, and then they come back, and she's dead. When and it's like, oh no, <laughs> how did that happen? Um, also, can we discuss the fact that so in the first movie they decided that men had to rescue her physically, emotionally, mentally. In this movie, they said we have to inject her with a man, not the like way injection, like a hoppy injection. They need a real injection inject her with a man in order for her to have any agency or the power to be standing up for herself and and being able to combat all these men. So literally now we're going to go from you need a man to save you to you need a man's fucking DNA inside of you. They're in a prison. What other women are around? No, no, no. I mean, when she gets injected with the warden. Maybe if, yeah. There's no other women. No, but I'm saying like, she needed a man's DNA inside of her, or Nosfo, or whatever they made up for it, um, in order to become strong enough to fight off, like. To I don't know if that's. Agency. I don't know if that's necessarily true though, because we didn't see anyone get injected with the woman uh, spark plug thing, whatever it was. Yeah, but she would take on his voice when she asserted herself and but, tried to protect herself. Yeah, but I can I wasn't sure if that was like his voice or just monster voice. Oh, you know what I mean? It was absolutely his voice. I don't know, maybe. But either way it was like take the mail so that you could defend yourself, which yeah. pissed me the fuck off. I think I, don't know. I think the scariest and most cringy and unnerving part of this movie, mm-hmm. especially in 2003, is that the doctor, Howie, looked at her and said that expression reminds me of my sister. And then he fucked her. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I said, ew, Freudian. And then I also wrote at the very end when he's like, Emily, Megan, who are you? Like, he kept calling her the sister's name. I was like, Jesus, dude, you are effing this girl. Why are you calling her your sister's name? God damn it. It's like Freudian with the sister. 
But this is also the movie where a rat takes someone's penis and it gets shown like five times with no payoff. Right. They just keep showing the rat. Back. Like, yeah. rat still got it. Rat still rolling that thing around, guys. And then it's like, he dies, and it's like, oh, it falls over a little bit. And it's like, is that the payoff? Is that why we need to see the rat like four times in the last 20 minutes? <laughs> rolling so a wiener true. around? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. There's no lot. We're trying, we're grasping at straws. This here. is a dumb, dumb movie. And but yeah, the Freudian thing was creepy. Um, yeah, like I said, hour and eight minutes in, got bored, skipping ahead. Things get nuts, lots of people die. Oh, look, West escaped. Whatever, $4.25 wasted. Oh, it was on, uh... Tubi. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And I just, I just, I downloaded it from a source. Oh, wing. Yeah, no, Tubi, yeah. It's Beyond the Come at me. (laughs) I hope they do. Uh, I'll laugh. Right on, Jack I didn't Holmes. see it. Like your, your sentence shall be to watch Titanic. No! <laughs> Nate will be like, no! I love, I love the guy getting high off the reagent. And it's like... like That guy was pretty hilarious. <laughs> when he takes it all, it makes his skin melt off and makes his guts and explode out of his more. body and he still wants more? What is that stuff he's doing a, to he's him? He's a lazy, no-good drug addict. Of course he's going to ask for more. It, that part kind of made me giggle. I was, to be honest, I was curious what would happen if a live person got ejected. So I was kind of happy that they it, flushed yeah, it was that fun. out It was me. fun they did that. I also like the shot where they just injected her with the, with the, with the, the man spark, as you would put it. And, <laughs> I like and, she, that. and she's wiggling her fingers and they're just bending every oh which way. I was Nate. like, oh, that's some good finger tap. I literally wrote, ew, gnarly fingers. <laughs> yeah, that's some good finger <laughs> Fingers were gnarly. And I used gnarly, which was weird, so it must have been bad. Yeah, they were so long and creepy, and she kept bending them. Like, what? Um, yeah, no, this movie wasn't good. No. Um, Reanimator is, is, you're right. If you're looking at it within the 80s, I'm going to forgive the horrors, the real life horrors suggested here. It's fun, but. It's problematic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately, a lot of horror movies are like that. That's all I got. Yeah. I, clearly, Beyond Reanimator was beyond reboring. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. I, I don't know. Yeah. Some of the stuff you guys were talking about, I'm like, yeah, I didn't see it. I skipped ahead. <laughs> Maybe that's part of the problem. What? What? Why? What? Me? What? Me? Me? Wait, we gotta get a clean cut. We gotta get a clean cut of that. No! No! <laughs> no! Um, yeah, no, so it was good for what it is. Um, And that's about it for tonight's episode, I think. Does anybody have any last thoughts, last words, last... <sighs> I don't have to watch the second one, do I? It's my fault. Uh, I'd rather not, but I wish one of you would have report back. I don't want to. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> I'll give it a try. It's on Prime right now. Oh, good. Perfect. There you go. I didn't even know it existed. Why is that one the one that's on Prime? The other two are not. I know. I was annoyed that Reanimator wasn't on Prime. Luckily, it was on Comcast. Before we go, this is the last episode that's going to air before the first ever pop, rock, and horror convention taking place in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, May 31st, June 1st, and June 2nd. We are going to be there with a bunch of our friends. We are super, super stoked. The Facebook group for Pop, Rock, and Horror has been alive yeah, and kicking. shout out to all those people. They're so much fun. 
We have been talking to a lot of people online and we are just super, super excited to be there for the first ever convention. They have a ton of celebrity guests. They have a bunch of events. They're gonna have karaoke. There's gonna be a bonfire. There's, there's gonna be panels. There's gonna be a selfie station for the cosplay contest. There's gonna be a ton of stuff to do. So if you are into pop culture, rock and roll, horror movies, Please or the Jersey Ghouls. Or the Jersey Ghouls. Please yeah, check yeah. out poprockandhorror.com. They have a Facebook group. Just look for Pop Rock and Horror. And yeah, we're going to be in Gettysburg. We highly recommend you check it out. Come visit us. Come hang out. Come say hi. Come do all the fun things that you get to do at conventions. Yeah, and if you come find us and you um, shout out to this podcast or any of these episodes, maybe we'll give you a little surprise. Ooh, Maybe. a little surprise. Maybe. We'll see. Probably not, but no, yeah, it'll be I'll, cool. probably, I'll probably give you like a piece of candy that has lint on it from my pocket, but fuck. It's better than nothing. <laughs> better right? than no piece of candy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Type it in, Jersey Ghouls. That's Google. what I'm saying. If you want to find me, you'll find me. How fucking lazy are you? You can't type in Jersey Ghouls on Google. And see what comes up. We gotta tell you if we're on fucking Twitter and Instagram and all this shit. Come on. It's 2019. You know we're there. Get woke, fam. Network.